and thinking to when David also said in another place he said like a deer panning for the water he said he compared it to my my soul longs to worship you my soul longs to worship you and admittedly I've, I've thought well just do it David what are you longing for? Do it. There's those times when we need refreshing. And we would if we could. We know. We know. We know how good you are. But sometimes it's just overwhelming. We sang songs about you being our deliverer. And I wonder how many of us here are, we're in the middle. We're just in the middle. You've, you've, you've begun the good work, but we're still waiting. We're waiting. We're, we're waiting. We're waiting for healing. We're waiting for the culmination. We're waiting in in a portion of scripture. I don't claim to understand whenever you touched somebody's eyes. And you said, what do you see? I said, well, I, I can see more than I could. I see men, but they... they they kind of resemble trees walking. And you touched them again. You said, now what do you see? I see clearly. Don't claim to understand why. Why it took two touches. But some of us are waiting. We're waiting for that finishing touch. So we say, come refreshing rain. Come finisher, the completer of our faith. Work your good work. Anybody else besides me waiting on waiting on the culmination where you're not where you were 
but you know there's that God's still working and and you're waiting on the culmination of something if it's whatever it might be it might be a healing it might be a loved one it might be a I don't know um, anybody else besides me maybe maybe I'm the I don't know um, I don't know if we said this uh, or not, James and Shay, when y'all walked in, Jackie's, Jackie's not feeling well. And, uh, I got the text at what, about 8.30 this morning, and for, for someone like me that it takes a good two weeks to put something reasonably um, coherent together, um, so, I don't know if, if anybody can share this, of what, what you are presently trusting God for, that you're still waiting for. You're, you're confident. God's God. You, you, you know God's got this. But we're still waiting. We're still waiting for it, whatever it is. Does anybody have anything that they would connect some dots pretty quickly here? Won't won't belabor, but um, just talking in. Congratulating Wayne to uh, welcome to the 60s. Um, so I look around where we may be sort of kind of close to the kids around here. Um, and I remember telling you guys, I told Wayne this morning, I'm about a year and a half ahead of him. And um, when I turned 60, I was at our property that is, uh, it's one of our senior properties. And I remember telling the folks there at a birthday party for September that I, I turned 60 and this woman said, how old? I said, I'm, I'm 60. She said, you're a baby. <laughs> um, she was 92. So, um, But in terms of that, you know, the finishing touches, you're absolutely right, Gene. I, I, I was thinking, my brain went back to when we had moved here from Florida when I was just a kid and gave my heart to the Lord at 16 years old at a little church in Kingsland. At 16, I thought by now I'd have it all figured out. I'm six, that's an old man when you're 16. Um, I'm glad to know that, I guess when you get 83, like Pat, you really do have it all figured out. And no, 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 oh, that's not helpful. Um, no, no, I, I have more questions now than, than I think I did at, at 16. And still, still more, well, what about that? And 
share with you. Uh, I'm going I'm I'm to connect some dots here for a second. And so in the, the group at Sunday School this morning that um, there's a little book that we're going through leading up to Easter. There's a portion of scripture that um, I think there were two of us at least in, in the room that I never understood exactly what when Jesus was on the cross and he looked down and he saw his mother and he saw John standing by her and he said, woman, behold your son. I mistakenly for ever um, thought he was referring to himself first, that he was referring to the agony, the, it's like, why would you want your mom to, to really look at that, Jesus? And, and he wasn't referring to himself. He was actually referring to John in wanting John to take that role of her, of her son and actually be a son in ways that the scripture would bear out that he, he couldn't. And as you know, somebody that can certainly say things a whole lot better than I, talked about there was a day when he came in and he had his carpenter's apron on but John was preaching about somebody that was, there was a Messiah that was coming. And there was a day when Jesus took that apron, carpenter's apron off, and had to be about his father's business. And so we're still learning. I'm still, like, has, has that scripture been there the whole time? And why did I think that whenever it was this all along? I think to Gene's point, um, he may culminate this thing that we're waiting for now. Guess what? There'll be another one. There'll, there'll be another one. You guys have heard me say enough times over the years that I am not really convinced that we will ever plumb the depths of Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so this side of heaven we going through this little book that Max Lucado has written called On Calvary's Hill has taken me to a place where as we We've said, I can no longer say, yeah, 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 I, I know, Jesus died for my sins. I know that. Yeah, 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 got that. Mm -mm. The gruesomeness, the inexplicable things that were done have, have just heightened, if nothing more, a, a heart of gratitude wouldn't, Things are just, they're just hard to read, and they're, and they're there. We, we were talking recently, and those of you that are there kind of correct me with your, your memory of at the crucifixion, 
actually before the crucifixion, the Romans were, what I'm thinking of now, were commissioned to do two things. Scourge him and kill him. And often, often the scourging did kill them, but there was someone there that was supposed to kind of monitor and keep them alive until they could crucify him. And, and yet, there was a thing in the middle that, that happened between the first thing and the last thing. There was a second thing that happened that had nothing more, had no other purpose than just humiliation. It was just humiliation when they, they took him, took off this garment and put a, a regal robe, robe on him. Ha, ha, ha. King of the Jews, huh? And found this thorn bush that was just the right um, texture, if you will. Pliable enough to, to bend where it wouldn't break, but seasoned and old enough that the thorns would be fully matured. And I'm sure they didn't just lightly touch it to his head. Shoved on his head. And then it says, and I told the group when I read this the first time, it's like, where did that word come from? It says, and they, they spit on him. They. I don't know I don't know why I, I thought there was a person. Spitting then is is the same as it is now. It's it's meant to be humiliating. And what did he do? What did Jesus do with it? He carried it to the cross. Didn't get a cloth or a anything so we, we we were going through it in in knowing that okay max um this is a max Lakeda little book that we're, we we want to get to the to the empty tomb part because that's where we know he wins we win jesus wins but right now, they're still mocking him. And one of the seven things he said um, from the cross was, Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. And I have to admit, there's a part of me that says, yes, they do. Yes, they do. They know what they're doing. Um, they didn't know that part of it was fulfilling scripture or prophecy. That part they, they didn't know. I don't know what that does for, for your heart. And we've talked about, I think of too, for now that we've established some of us are 60-ish and older, 
and if you've been in the church for a year or two or 50, um, I remember as a kid there was a, there was a song, it was probably, you know, there's, you know, there's gospel singing and then there's Southern gospel. I think that's a three syllable word. There's Southern and there's Southern. And I think this fits under Southern um, gospel. There was a song that said, he could have called 10,000 angels. But he didn't. Um, he could have said, you can't do this to me. But he didn't. And I think where we ended up this morning was this, when he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the abandonment of that feeling. When he bore my sins and yours, where once again, we can never say, I know, I know, I know, Jesus, I know, I know, I know, no. No, we don't know anything. Um, and as the author stated, and again, I, I love people that can say things so much better than I can. He said, one of the reasons why Jesus did that is so you and I would never have to. We would never have to know abandonment. Now, again, are, are there times when we're still in the middle? Yes. Are there times when we're still waiting for? Yes. But abandon? No. No, not abandon. And th that's what I think of when, for us, for, for this congregation that God has assembled, um, and, and we're trusting God for stuff. We're trusting God for procedures on Tuesday that will be just as routine as going to Walmart and getting your oil changed in your car. And they'll get Carl in and get him out next. Um, whoever's after Carl, next. And just as routine. And, and that'll fix this issue that's been going on with the arrhythmia and things going on. So there's things we're still, we're still trusting God for. We're still in the middle but there still is this confidence that never going to be abandoned, never going to. It would be that after the procedure on Tuesday, um, that's the last of the challenges for Carl for the rest of his natural life. Hooray. Um, probably not. So that's that's what i mean when when I, I i know that we're all trusting god for something just you know i can just look around and say i don't i don't know what it's like um be trusting god for your for your children 
and wanting things for them, trusting God for, for loved ones. I think of, as I said a minute ago, for, I haven't brought up a scripture yet, have I? I'll have to put a scripture out here somewhere, so just in case this gets taped, we'll, I've got to get a scripture here somewhere. Um, Karen's never had anything like this before. And for heaven's sake, it's been two, two months. That's long enough. Really? Um, some of you have been struggling with things for years. And in light of, in light of what Jesus did, it's all momentary. Light momentary affliction. Um, ask Karen right now if it feels light or momentary, and the answer is going to be no. Did she call you yesterday? Okay. One of the first things she said when I woke up was, I've got to tell Carlene. Because <laughs> God just showed her something, and she said, I just, she told me, and said, I just need to tell Carmen. So I didn't know if she did or not. I won't, I won't steal her, steal her thunder about what it is that she wanted to share with you. <clears throat> the, I guess, you know, the last thing I, I think of, too, is, is with even some of the songs that we sang this morning, the difference between God being our deliverer and the source of, of, of it's, it's who we pray to. And, and if I could, just, just for a minute, there was... Um, But I think there's an element of, of dis, uh, I'm going to say the word discipline. Um, it comes out of, out of, well, it's actually in Matthew and Mark. Both talk about a parable of, of a mustard seed. <laughs> And I think we're all familiar. There, there's two references in the Gospels to mustard seeds. Um, one of them is that talks about it being tiny. But when it's grown up, it's one of the biggest trees in the field, in the garden. It's re referred to different ways and gives shade. And it's a nesting place, it says, for the birds of the air. Tiny, but ends up huge. Another one was, there was a child that would throw himself in the fire and throw himself in water. The disciples couldn't cast this demon out that was in this young boy 
So they were perplexed. The father who thought the disciples of Jesus ought to be able to do that, he was perplexed. And Jesus said, these kind only come out with what? Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Um, And just for a second, when I think of of the young boy's struggles or when he goes further on to say if, if you have if you've got faith like you can say to this mountain move move, move um, and it, it'll be done okay okay I I got mountains. I've got mountains. And, and, and this author's point was, again, it's back to that D word, the, the discipline word. Had this had a conversation with a young a young associate pastor this week about this very idea. Because he was having some struggles with some doctrinal issues about grace alone, faith alone, grace alone, and there are no um, what um, manifestations that that need to follow your um, your decision for Jesus. It's an intellectual decision that you make, and there doesn't need to be any fruit that follows. It's just an it's just a decision, an intellectual decision. So we kind of went to this, this place of if, if since we've got what Jesus said, this, this little mustard seed of faith, I can say this in, into my mountains, I've, I've got them, I, I suspect you have some mountains that we would need moving. And that's why he tied it to this word fasting. And fasting, we're not going to go into the whole thing of fasting. We don't have time for that. But but he made it clear to say fasting, it's not like I'm going to fast for dinner tonight um, and therefore I'm going to tank up at lunch today um, so I won't be hungry tonight. That's not fasting. Fasting is denying my flesh what it wants and so whenever I do get in his point was when I get into into a habit of denying my flesh what it wants then that mountain that thing that my flesh wants to get cave into is easier to, to say, be gone, when I get into a habit of denying my flesh. Okay. You were there, Anna. You were, you, were, you, were, you were outside working. They said you were outside working at Chick-fil-A the other day when I met this young man. Um, uh, the young man, um, I'm not sure. You, I don't think you would know him. But I was just told that you were outside. And... And I only bring it up to say that we were at Chick-fil-A and 
denying my flesh. Let, let's see how well that worked in, in this deal. I'm at Chick-fil-A. Um, he, calls me in, he calls me earlier in the week and says, can you meet me Thursday for lunch? Um, my treat. Okay, I could, I could do Thursday. Um, get in line. He says, what do you want? And I'm looking at all the choices I can have. Um, he's a young man, so I, I'm also, I, I am thinking about his, his budget a little bit. And, but he wanted to do this. So Chick-fil-A has wonderful salads. Really do, right? You know? Um, and that's probably what I should have got. Um, and, but my flesh wanted something else that was, it was, it was. And we're having this conversation about, I can't even deny my flesh. Of, so is it easy? Heavens no. No, it's not easy to deny my flesh. But, and the, I was trying to differentiate very quickly with not making this a do better, try harder thing. Because there is something about, regardless, there, there is something about a discipline of our, of our self that we're told to act in certain ways. So, at the end of the day, we're still back to the, the first song that, uh, that you guys led us in. At the end of the day, I can, I can achieve a degree of discipline, but I have no illusions that anything is going to happen of eternal value because of discipline. That's God's deliverance that comes. So, I realize this has kind of been all over the map and I apologize for that, but it still is, if, we, if we're still just trusting God, and I don't know what yours is, some of you know, I've shared with you know, some, you know, some of the things I'm trusting God for are specific issues of, of healing for, for me. And you know, with a prognosis that isn't, isn't a good one, still trusting that, that God's going to do some healing um, for me. But, and, but in, and until he does, we will still, we're going to act as if he, he has already and still keep trusting him. And I hope, I don't, I don't hope, I know, I know you guys well enough. I know that some of you are trusting him for bigger things than me, way bigger than me. Father, in my feeble attempt, <clears throat> all over the map though it was, if there was anything of any value, the point is you. The point is just you. That someone has suggested and seems to remind us 
periodically that you're good all the time. And and that all the time you are good. You are always working. And somebody said, even when we can't see it, you're still working. That's why we trust you. So, that would be our declaration for today, is we trust you. We trust you when we can't see it. We trust you even if we still trust you because we just because we choose to. And the alternative is is ridiculous to, to not. You've done too much and your track record is too good. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you have already done. Thank you that you will never, ever, ever abandon us. Even though your own son had to endure abandonment so we would never have to. We're grateful for for what he endured. In Jesus' name, amen.